Hello, everyone. Welcome to Your Place in Space. I am joined by a friend of mine, Shannon Graham, who is an author, life coach, motivational speaker. But more than that, Shannon is personally involved and passionate about space uh, and helping you transform your career or transforming yourself and, and your leadership skills. Uh, his books, The Revolution of Self, uh, as well as Expand, will give you more of the framework of how to do that. Shannon, welcome. Give us a little more about those two books so so uh, our, our audience understands what, what we can really dive into here. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, Michael. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, the first book uh, that I wrote is called The Revolution of Self. Um, it is a book that I wrote um, as a culmination of some of the processes that I went through in order to change my life for better. And I took those and I kind of I distilled them down to what I thought was the best pathway and framework for someone else wanting to do that. Um, so it's, it's really um, applicable to anyone who has a, a desire um, to be, to do, to have, to give more. Uh, so that's really the preface of, of that book. And the next book, the second book, Expands. Um, has to do more with leadership and what is required for someone to be an excellent leader and some of the um, maybe revolutionary or contrarian um, tenets that I believe are critical um, in, in leadership, especially as we move forward into this new age of consciousness that we're uh, emerging into. I like it. You, you touch on something uh, where most people associate leadership with entrepreneurship or a CEO, but it's really, it's really about anything, right? You, you mentioned um, offline here that it's for anyone in any position that wants to lead their life, whether it's they're leading their own health, for instance, and being a leader and working with your fitness trainer, for instance, and being the leader there so that you can get the most out of it. And I 100% agree. I mean, there are amazing people on our own teams that are completely technical, very engineering focused, but they're leaders of a group that are working to solve this mission with us. So I love the fact that you're talking about a framework that is for leadership. Entrepreneurship always is the, uh, I think the easy one to go after, but it is absolutely more than just entrepreneurs. Yeah, 100%. Uh, how would you define, or do you have a different definition between what you would consider, uh, kind of touching on what we just said, leadership versus visionary leadership or how, how would you look at those? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think leadership is, is just simply the ability to lead first and foremost yourself and or other people from one place to another. Okay. That's pretty, I mean, you know, if you're the leader of a household, then you're leading that household to um, ideally somewhere better tomorrow mm -hmm. than today type of thing. Uh, a visionary is someone who sees the world different than what it is. They have a vision of the world that is maybe something that the majority of people don't see. And they have good reason to, to believe that it's possible. And so their job is to um, not only lead people, but to be able to communicate that vision in a way where people can buy into it and and be inspired and be moved by it to the point where they want to be a part of it um because any 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 leadership that 
translates into a movement of making the world a better place requires a lot of people to be involved. Um, you know, you hear people talk about Elon all the time about how great Elon is and he does all these cool things. He has tens of thousands of people that work with him on these projects. So with people. Yeah. And so that's, it, it's not to take anything away from him. In fact, it's, it's to my point. He has an amazing ability to communicate the vision so well that people want to be a part of it. So that's, that's really the difference as far as visionary leadership. So if you're, if you're listening to this, again, we're, we're talking about your place in space and where you can find your place in space. And, and it doesn't matter really where you are. And we believe that to solve really big problems, you need four general archetypes. And they kind of come in at different times. They participate in different ways. And that, for me, is the, the visionary entrepreneur. Um, and then you have the engineering to build the thing. You have the science to prove that it actually works. And a creative to communicate the message, just like you're saying. And those four people, they can all be leaders, right? They can all benefit from leadership. And if that's simply understanding how your leadership uh, that you're working with is operating, or even how you can become a better leader to, to bring people around your idea or to find those other people, uh, you know, I, I am fortunate enough to be able to, and, and I want to hear you about your specific experience where you've got these powerful people around you, whether it's a, you know, really good technical engineer, or a really good scientist, or a really good entrepreneur, or a really good creative, you all got to work together. So they're all leaders in their own right, and you have to guide them down the same path. Are there, are there instances that you can recall where you're just um, impressed or, or not, maybe not impressed, but where an an interaction amongst people that are very different types of leaders, but they're leaders and how they, they come together and the value of being able to have a, a shared leadership has guided you through to something amazing or them through something amazing. <clears throat> well, I, I think that there's the, the benefit of having multiple people work on the same thing is synergy. Um, because regardless of how smart a person is, they can only be as smart as they are. Their perspective is only as good as their perspective, even if it's really great. So the benefit of having multiple people on the same project is that they can all share an elevated and different um, perspective on something, which gives that project or that vision the highest probability of life. There was a quote, it reminds me of the quote, um, I think it was John Paul Getty said, I'd rather have 1% of a thousand people's efforts over a hundred percent of my own. Yeah. Because that's still 10 times more than he could ever produce, even at a hundred percent. Yeah. So um, I say often, I mean, we hear it often, you know, a village raises, it takes a village to raise a child. I mean, I think it takes a village to solve a problem. Ultimately, mm -hmm. you need all these different types of people doing the same, um, the same level of passion in the work, whatever it is that they're doing. Again, creative science, engineering, and whatnot. Is there is there a simple formula that you could share with anyone listening here about about how to develop their leadership? Like, what are if, if there was like three key takeaways that they could get right now, you know, from from you and your books and your experience working with different leaders around the world? What would those three things be? Like, here's here's the key thing to becoming a great leader. Well, the 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 very first is self awareness because there's a number of potential pitfalls for any leader. Um, so it's like a car. A car can have a number of things go wrong with it. 
Um, and if you're, if you're highly aware of how a car works, then, then you can have some insight in how to fix it. A leader, first and foremost, has to be self-aware because there's a number of, of pitfalls that can prevent them from being the best leader that they can be. So, for example, one of those things could be um, simply their own self-confidence. You could have amazing ideas, but if you don't believe in yourself, then they won't get very far. Maybe you have extreme confidence, but your ability to communicate that vision to other people is not that good. That's a challenge as well. Um, so my that's my point is I think the ability to be self-aware enough to look at where am I not hitting the mark? Where am I not getting the I, ideal result that I'm desiring? That's usually an indicator of some area that can use uh, some attention. I love it. Self-awareness. I I, I think, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm the, the most, I'm the worst critic of myself mm -hmm. or something like that. There's some, some line there where I'm aware of all <clears> the things <throat> that I mess up. I know when I, um, record clips now and then, and I have a beautiful script in front of me, it may come across perfect and great, but I know the word that I missed. Yeah. I know the thing that I didn't say, and I'm always the worst critic of it. Um, self-awareness. I a hundred percent agree with that. What, what, what would you say is behind that? Let's say you have a really good self-aware, leader um what, what do you think the next thing is there that they need to, to jump into uh a, a, a dissolving of um of ego um because a, a leader also must be a hundred percent responsible and so if something's not going right if something is not hitting the mark their ability to turn around and say what can i do rather than who is to blame is one of Amen. their fastest paths forward to success. It really is mathematical at the end of the day. If you have a vision that is desiring to become a reality, then as the steward of that, you have to weigh in all the probable reasons for why that could or could not come into reality. And as a, someone who points the finger and says, well, they didn't do this or, or they got this wrong. Even if there is some truth to that, it's still not a hundred percent correct because there's a level of responsibility that that leader can be taking in that moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, I, I think you'd call that radical, um, responsibility, um, or, or extreme ownership. Uh, so, Two, two anecdotal stories here. SpaceX actually requires a person's name on every item. Every single task is a person's name. It is never a department because to your point, a department is, oh, well, you know, this person, this person, that person. If it's your name, it's your name. Yeah. There is unequivocal clarity of who's responsible for that particular line. Right. Um, I have a, the, other, the other story is I have a friend of mine uh, who actually was the first person to tell me about the OODA loop. The OODA loop is an observe, orient, decide, act um, created by one of the first um, airmen to train Top Gun pilots. And he said that the the ability to take action. So so let me give you a little bit about this guy, John. Um, he's now retired, spent decades building multi-billion dollar, huge um, um, crude oil 
type infrastructure refineries. I mean, huge, huge facilities. And he worked with people globally. So, I mean, he's a great leader himself, but what he told me was the difference between, and there was different pay scale for the same exact job. And, and I think this is critical to everybody. Listen, you could literally be doing the exact same job as the person next to you and your pay would be different. And they noticed that there was a trend per country. So if, a, if someone, if an engineer came from this country, they were about this average and this was their pay, even though they're all working in the same place, which seems really unfair. Uh, but there was also a trend for the people that came from other different countries. Now, anyone could move up pay scales and all that based on merit, but they saw the trend that people that were, that had that can do, that radical responsibility that, let's get this done, let's get this fixed, let's figure out how to solve this problem. They always uh, rose to the top and they were typically in the most developed countries because more, most of the time you're not figuring out how to get by, you're figuring out how to solve problems. So you have more experience in life as a leader in your own life to what you're saying uh, to be able to solve problems. And I always found that interesting that you could have people doing the exact same job and it's almost always the people that take radical responsibility to solve the problem that are the ones that are going to be able to, to ultimately rise and, and they were earning more money, flat out uh, earning more money. Very interesting. I love it. So self-awareness, radical responsibility. What, what do you think the, the next, the next in line is? Um, I think it's, it's a willingness to take action. Um, I, I think a lot of the leaders that I have encountered uh, a good amount of them are have a fear of getting it wrong. They care so much about the vision that they don't want to mess it up. Um, they don't want to blow the rocket up, you know? Um, and that's what separates everyone else from the Elons is that Elon's willing to blow the rocket up, not just one time, but four times. And so you have to, as a, as a visionary leader, especially you have to be willing to blow the rocket up. Um, that's, that's what I'd say the next one is. Willingness. Um, you know, when you're talking to visionaries, and I felt this way for a bit of time too, was I would say these crazy things, crazy, crazy things. And I got, I got accustomed to saying crazy things and some people calling me crazy, right? As a visionary, I'm saying some radical things way out there. Some people are calling me crazy, but then the right people were supporting me and, and the right people in the right places even more significantly. So I, the willingness to be able to expose yourself you know, in almost any situation, even if it's in an intimate relationship, let alone, you know, with a, a mass group of people. Uh, I'd love to, if, you, if you're open to it, I'd love to understand more about some of the stories of the people you're working with, the, you know, the, the leaders that you're working with. So, because I, I want people to understand and take away here that these people that you're working with are already successful by everyone else's measure, right? Everyone else's measure, that's a, that person's success. Yet, this person is still struggling with becoming a better leader, taking on more radical responsibility, being more willing to share their vision and then execute on that vision. Can you share any, any stories there that might help um, humanize, I guess, <laughs> some, yeah. of the, some of the big things? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I can, I can give you kind of a macro and then I can give you a specific example. Um, I think the biggest piece of the equation that a lot of leaders are learning to bridge is that to your point, many of them are already successful. Uh, and yet there's many elements of, of kind of what I would say is the new era of leadership that they are 
still desiring to expand on. And the reason for that is because there's a big difference between the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. And the new era of leadership has equal parts to do with fulfillment as it does achievement. And I think that's easily overlooked because achieving things has been so ingrained into our culture that it's easy to have that be the dominant focus for what a venture should be. It should be that we achieve this thing. We achieve carbon neutrality. We achieve colonization of Mars. We achieve, we achieve, we achieve. That's great. Um, and there's a, still a human element to that equation that needs to be solved for. Um, and when the achievement is, is realized and the fulfillment is left out, then um, that's what's called the ultimate failure. Because no amount of achieving will ever bridge that gap. And um, so the leaders that I work with are, are awoken to that. And they realize that to the new era and, and to be more in line with the potentiality of the civilization really has to do with both. Um, so how do you master both and how do you build both into your leadership? How do you build both into um, how you work on projects and, uh, and build companies and, and all of it? Um, so that's the overarching idea. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think, I, yeah. I, so, so that really, I think it gets to the point of, of what you're asking. Science of achievements and art of fulfillments. They are definitely not the same. Absolutely. They're not. The and thing. that's what's <laughs> challenging about it is that success is usually determined by achievement. If I said I've made a very large sum of money, most people would say, oh, wow, you're very successful. Um, but if I said I was miserable, then how successful am I really? Well, if I said that my, my health and my fitness were garbage and my relationships were in the toilet and, um, you know, yeah. and, and my relationship with myself w was bad, yeah. would I still be successful then? Mm. So now we there's have a, four or five factors against the one, right? I made a billion dollars and my health is in the trash my relationships are in the trash, my spirituality is in the trash, except so now I have some some pillars compared to this one. And still in this day and age, that one takes precedence over the other. So it's a process yeah. of balancing the, the the challenge is science is easy because it doesn't require um, anything beyond following the rules. This is the difference between cooking and baking. If you bake a cake, all you have to do is, is stick to the instructions on the side of the box. But when you cook, it's an art. There's love built into it and there's passion and there's experimentation. And that's the difference. And so 
the art of fulfillment is tricky because it is not the same for each person. You can take 10 people and give them the blueprint for how to be a real estate. You know, they'll get there. Um, but, but fulfillment for each of them is going to be different because what fulfills one of them is not going to be the same as what fulfills another one. So that's more of a process that they have to learn individually. Um, and on top of that, fulfillment usually comes with, to some degree, facing one's demons. And it becomes much easier to just avoid that and focus on achievement, 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 achievement. Um, it, in my world, it's what I call creative avoidance. It's, it becomes a very easy way to not focus on some of the things that are most important. I love, I love that. There's a lot that I think we can, we can tease at there. Uh, there's a saying, you know, uh, um, a healthy man has a million wishes. An unhealthy man has one. So again, how do you measure success there? If you're unhealthy, if you're on your deathbed and you have all the other things that you want, are you really successful? Um, and I love that, that just, just questioning, you know, what do you think success is? And I was told, and I'm sure you were too, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, right? That was the formula. And then I ended up for myself by 25 years old, I was a VP of a finance company backed by Goldman Sachs and making a ton of money. I was driving my dream car that I didn't even know existed a couple of years before that. And like, I, I remember thinking, well, this can't be it, right? Cause there was the success the, the science, I literally did what everyone told me to do and more, but it, the arts of fulfillment. And it took me a while to figure that out. And then I'm reminded, and I feel like we, you and I can talk about this stuff. Um, can't talk about this with most people, but like purpose. I feel that, you know, you have a purpose, if you primarily two purposes in life to me. One is to figure out, get closer to, to where you came from, get, get closer to the source of whatever you think that is, whether that's God or whether that's source energy. But then also uh, a purpose of expression, and you know if 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 you have a unique skill for painting or for music or for art or for cooking, like all the senses that you have, those are the the ways in which you can express. I mean, I I know people that you know they don't care for art whatsoever. That doesn't doesn't matter. And then I know people that just think music all sounds the same. And you can see the difference in their life, but that's not worth it, what they're here for. So their arc of fulfillment is typically tied to, you know, that, that sensory, whatever they find inspiring or whatever they're engaging with. Uh, so, so as you move through life, you know, there are those kind of those, those two frameworks. And then one other, one other way that I've thought about um, life and you use the, those four other variables, you know, there was that money component, but then there was those others. And I break it down into five and I think about it like a, literally like a wheel. So for me, um, it is, you, I mean, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Um, so there's the finance of it, you know, how, you know, the money finance side of things, but then there's the actual career side of things. You could be all those things and, and have health and have relationships be bored out of your mind. You could be like, I have nothing to do. I want to do something. And that again, goes back to the art of fulfillment. So, so I love how you, you phrase that, but finance, career, relationships, spirituality, and health, right? Those, those are kind of the five things. I think you can categorize almost all life. And the way that I think about it is if you, you had a five spoke wheel and you had five pegs on that, so each was one to five, if you were to measure your life, how are you? You could be five here and one here, and that's going to be a pretty bumpy ride, right, through life. But if your five's all around, you've got a nice inflated tire and you can go smoothly. 
Um, I've used that as almost a litmus test for myself every once in a while, where I feel like something's off and like, ah, what am I missing here? Um, and it's taken years, you know, years. And I, I feel like this is the, the exact type of work that you do and, and the people that you're in. So again, anyone listening, you can, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter if you've, if you've gone that, you know, get a good job, get, get good grades, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, or you're on your first exit, like and you've already had your first exit, you've got money in the bank, you've solved one of those things. Um, so I, I feel like anyone listening can attach to any of these things that you're talking about here, Shannon. Is there, is there any other, um, any, any quick framework or, or um, like I love the idea of OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, act, which we can get into um, in the, the second segment uh, a little bit deeper. Is there any, any, any quick tips or for someone to help kind of keep these things at, at front of mind or any tests or litmus tests or any tools that, that you know of that can help somebody really stay focused on becoming a better, better leader? Well, <clears throat> as simple as it is, I think that one of the hardest questions for people to answer is what do you want? <laughs> oh, man. The majority of people, when they, you ask them that question, they have a very extensive, excellent answer about what they don't want. Yeah. And usually if I ask people that question, they'll go on and on about what they don't want. And I'll say, I'll just patiently listen and I'll respond and say, okay, you have very successfully told me what you don't want, which is not what I asked. What do you want? And the reason that question is so hard to answer is because it bumps up against a lot of human restrictions, self-imposed and, and societal, societally imposed restrictions. Um, because, the tr because there's what you want, there's the answer to that question, and then there's the real answer to that question. Right? Um, everyone has an answer that is the surface level kind of socially acceptable answer. And then the one to themselves that is probably the one that they believe is possible and the one that they believe they are worthy of. And then there's the real answer. There's the one that's like, doesn't make any sense, totally socially unacceptable. Um, completely beyond their their capacities for for worthiness and self acceptance, but it's the truth. When you go to that level of honesty, you immediately bump up against a whole bunch of stuff. And unless you are really willing to go down that road and reconcile with those mechanisms that are in place to make you feel that way in the first place, then it's easier to just go with the first answer, the easy one, the surface level one, which is what most people do. So if you, if you look, if we have those five pillars, right, health, wellness, relationships, finances, spirituality, Take a look at each of those and honestly, and not surface level honesty, but real, true, all the way, honest, in each of those categories, what do you want? I, I, I could not agree more. Um, I've learned 
I've learned one little um, hack for this. Because once, I don't, I mean, we've all been in relationships. Honey, what do you want for dinner? Oh my God, that could turn into an argument and a fight. I'm sure all of us have experienced something like, what do you want to watch tonight? What do you want? And you always get this crazy stuff. And what I found, there's a there's an ener energetic difference between want, like, and love. So the tools that I, and there, there was a moment there where um, friends were calling me the love doctor, not because of any relation or relationship or intimacy, intimacy stuff, but, but I, and Shannon, I think you know this, I don't like small talk. I'm a huge fan of big talk. Um, so I would ask people like, yeah, but what would you love to do? But what would you love? And I, I find that it's, if you ask a bad question in Google, you get bad results, but you ask a really crisp, clean question in Google, you get great results. And that's where that one is different, right? That one, people have that energy of want, and it's many, many, many things. And I, I play the game. I, I kid you not. I will say this to, doesn't matter if you're 20 or 60, it doesn't matter what your level of success is. I was like, all right, but if I gave you a magic wand right now, or if Tinkerbell came in and sprinkled pixie dust all over your life, what would you love? And then I usually ask them something specific about those five categories. Yeah. What would you love your relationship to be? What would you love your career to be? Yeah. What would you be willing to trade your entire life for mm -hmm. to do? Um, and that has been tremendously successful for myself. Obviously, I mean, you hear Nebula provide all of humanity access to deep space and infinite resources. You don't get to that by staying at the once and then taking the, to your point, the first, second, third, or even the 10th answer, yeah. right? This is like going deeper and deeper and deeper and you're, you're trying to talk about your whole life. So I am, uh, I got that love doctor. I, I, there was also a girl that used to say, I used to puke rainbows because I would, I would focus on this. Like, what would you love? What would you, what would you love? Because I, I, I don't like small talk. I like big talk and I want to get to the point. And I think I, I, the way that, what did you, you described it as um, creative, creative avoidance, right? Creative avoid. A lot of people do that. It's easier to go to the path that you know. It's hard to go down the path that you don't know. And it's scary as shit sometimes too. And I, I hope there's people listening to this that are like, they're listening to you and I and Shannon right now. And they're like, well, shit, I do that to myself. We all do. <laughs> We all yeah. do. We all do to yeah. some degree. It, it actually requires a very particular person to look because it's not, it's, it, it's actually not about choosing the path that you know. Mm. It's about choosing the path that's the least painful. And yep. so it's easier to choose the path that's least painful. Absolutely. It really truly takes a very, very particular type of person to look at the path that is more painful and say, I'm going to go down that one because, because I know it will be better in the long run. So I'm going to choose to go down the path that is more painful. That's a very particular type of person that can make that decision. Now, everyone has the potential to make that decision. They just have to have a good enough reason to do so. But until they get honest enough with what they want, then um, usually they relegate themselves to staying where they are. So Shannon, we're gonna we're gonna peel back some of this stuff even further um, and get a little bit more comfortable and get a little bit more um, conversations between you and I, as if we weren't having a bunch of people listen. But I, so I want to close this segment out. Um, if check out the books of the Revolution of Self and Expand by Shannon Graham, you can. Shannongram.com is the best place to find uh, and connect with you or LinkedIn. What, what would you suggest? Um, yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Those are, those are my two big ones. 
Oh, perfect. All right. So we'll have all that stuff in the show notes. Um, again, anyone listening, if you've just listened to, to some of the stuff, I know Shannon and I both shared some frameworks and some tools that can help you move into this leadership role, whether you think it or not. And it'll be scary. As Shannon has, has already shared, it's scary no matter what level you're at. If you're just starting out or you've already had multiple exits, you're still going to go through the same process. So in my opinion, go through it sooner so you can get used to it sooner. Uh, any, Shannon, any final thoughts you want to share with, uh, with our viewers before we jump into the other segment? You know, <clears throat> I think it, it really, the big one is we live in a world right now where it's easier than ever to make dreams a reality. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday about um, T-shirts. You know, back in the day, I used to work with a T-shirt company and the owner of the T-shirt company would have an idea for a shirt. He would have to buy the screen printing material. He, he, we lived in New York City, so I would be in his tiny little apartment. He would be screen printing the, the things. He'd have to buy the shirts himself, print them on the things. Do, I mean, the whole process, right? We live in a day and age right now where you literally only have to have an idea. You have an idea for a shirt. You can have other people design it. You can have other people print it. You can have other people source the shirts. You can have other people ship it. You can have other people put it on a web. I mean, literally from start to finish, all you have to have is an idea. <clears throat> and so it's the best time ever to be um, an idea person. So, if you have an idea, then the best thing you can do is to move it forward, especially if it's an idea to make the world a better place. There's so many resources that are available to you right now to make that vision and to make that impact possible that, um, that it's worth it to do it. Love that, Shannon. Um, we're actually, we're definitely over time. Um, I am remiss to not talk about astronaut. Um, we have to at least mention it. Give us the, give us the one-liner. Sure. Astronaut is such a fun, great idea. <clears throat> yeah, thank you. Um, you know, Astronaut is a space company that I started last year um, based on the idea that space is one of the greatest vehicles for the transformation of civilization. How There's, there's fun mechanisms that you have. It, can you want to share just a few of those, that you, what you're thinking? Um, tell me a little bit more about your question. Well, there's a, there's a certain ride that you guys are thinking about. Um, we can talk about it in the, in the other side, but just, just teasing it out here. I mean, they can look it up on, on astronauts, not astronauts, astronauts. Yeah. If uh, you want to get some more information, yeah. super fun. Yeah. Um, everybody listening, uh, you got some show notes for some of the stuff that we discussed today. For the Nebula Insiders, we're going to continue this conversation uh, and, and definitely start peeling back some some layers. I've got a bunch of fun stuff I want to talk about with, with Shannon here. So uh, look forward to seeing you on the other side. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks.